You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dangle. Now, I am joined, I can't believe, I haven't seen this dude in forever, Patrick Sheldon. If you want to find Patrick on Twitter, you can hit him at P underscore Shells. Shells, baby, talk to me. How are you? How are you? I miss you. Yeah, I feel like a born-again podcaster. It's been a while. Uh, <laughs> do you remember how all, the, how all the buttons work? Do you, do you remember that? I think I've got mute and unmute down so far. Can you see me? Can you hear me? I, yeah, I think all we're right. good. We're good. And good. our audio seems to be working, so, so we got that going for us. <laughs> which is nice. Also, I'm going to be bringing in the assistant editor of Bears Wire, Brennan Shagru. Now, if you want to find Brennan on Twitter, you can hit him at Brennan Shagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. If you want to find me on Twitter, especially for our audio-only listeners, my name is Ryan Dengel, but it's spelled D-E-N-G-E-L. Now, boys, I'm excited, very excited for our guest. And, and more than that, we got some phenomenal listener questions that were sent to us. And I'm just, I'm so excited. I, you know, as we're going through the list, Shells is like, are we going to have time to ask? Yes, we are. Taylor's ready for it. She's going to make it happen. It's going to go. Before we get too far into this episode, though, we just got a couple people that we have to give shout outs to. And the first one is Jeff Cadwater. Now, you've heard me say this week after week. Uh, Jeff is in a bit of a state of transition, though I will tell you big news coming from both Jeff Cadwallader and big news coming from Sheridan's Barbershop coming up here soon. So we just want to say Jeff uh, Cadwallader, who I saw today, he's an amazing guy. We're going to we're going to bring you some other stuff. But Jeff, thank you so much for sponsoring the show we appreciate you so very much. Yeah, speaking of Sheridan's, we got to shout out Sheridan's. They're terrific, right? They're located in downtown historic Wheaton, Illinois. Uh, they've been serving the community for 69 very nice years. They've got seven barbers. They're open six days a week. And uh, you can book your appointment online or you can give them a call. So if you're interested, you can visit them at Sheridan'sBarbershop.com to book online or call 630 668 0137 at your convenience and book yours today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. Again, can't wait to tell you their big news. And I think we're going to have Will the Barber come on to talk about it. But I don't want to delay our guests anymore. I'm very excited about this. I've been following Taylor Dahl for a, a little while on Twitter. She's she's witty. She knows her football. Um, she's a great, great follow. So you can get her as the co-host of Helmets and Heels on 1010XL. And I may be reading that wrong. I hope I'm not, Taylor. Uh, Jacksonville and also making monsters for Windy City Gridiron. I don't know the Jacksonville Jaguars as well as the Chicago Bears. This is gonna be an interesting combination. Everybody, uh, bringing in Taylor Dahl. Taylor, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey guys, I'm good. How are we doing? We're doing and yes, great. And you said it right. It's 1010XO. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. All right. So first question. I think everybody wants to know yep. what is it like covering the Chicago Bears and the Jacksonville Jaguars? Um, it's interesting, obviously. And uh, the two teams have had such a similar path 
unfortunately, I guess, because they both had like their years of really, really bad. And then they both had kind of their year where they surprised people 2017 for the Jack 2018 for the bears. And then they ended up getting Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields in the same draft. And it was like fired their coaches the next season. Urban Myers was a little bit more of a disaster than Matt Nagy's uh, time here. But it's, it's, it's interesting because you're really paying a lot of attention to in-depth pieces. And especially like me, when I'm covering making monsters, I'm looking at the offensive line. I'm looking at the defensive line. I'm looking at, you know, all the secondary positions. So when it comes to a lot of these, like kind of back and forths between the two teams it's a lot but it's fun because uh very long story short i was born here in jacksonville my whole family's from chicago though so i was born and raised uh everything chicago fan um i kind of stuck with that through the years the jags didn't come around until i was you know probably six seven i think by the time the jags really came around and then they had their good seasons when i was like 10 11 years old uh but at that time i was already i was born and bred bears so it kind of stuck around but it's been fun to be able to cheer for both and learn about both and really kind of like cover in depth especially the overlap they've had it's, it's been interesting yeah, there seems to be a lot of, as you were saying it, like parallel, parallel, like, I don't know, uh, trajectory for both teams. So it's been kind of interesting. I guess I'm kind of curious, how did you get into like being, you know, sports broadcasting? How did you get into um, this this world that we're in right now? Yeah, I honestly, I, I got kind of lucky because I was like in a place I had graduated college. I didn't go to college for anything broadcasting or whatever, but I had graduated college. I was going to be a teacher, decided kind of quickly. That's not the path that I wanted to take anymore. So um, I was lost for a year or two of like, OK, I don't know where I want to be or what I want to do. But uh, a lot of my family members were like, you love sports. You talk about them all the time. Maybe there's like a trajectory you can go in that way. And it just so happened that um, 1010XL was looking for interns for the for football season. And this was 2015, I believe. So I kind of sent an email was like, look, I'll be honest, I have no experience in radio. I have no experience in broadcasting. I've never like done anything in the sports world, really. But I'm really passionate about sports. I'm a hard worker. I'm a fast learner. Uh, I interned for that six months of 2015, which happened to be the year they drafted Blake Bortles. Um, and then I got hired on in January as kind of a part-time like promotions crew, help set up live remotes. And from there, I built my way up. Uh, now I'm the social media director there. I also co-host Helmets and Heels. I do all of our sports updates throughout the day. Um, so it's just been a, a progressive thing. And then for the Chicago side of it, last summer, actually, I did a podcast with the guys from Windy City, Gridiron, and uh, Jeff and Lester were afterwards like, you're really good. Would you want to maybe do something with the bears? And I was like, heck yeah. Like that's, I love the bears. I'd love to be able to talk about them every day. So that's when we, we kind of brainstormed for a few months, which path I would like to take. And I was like, look, I love knowing the players beyond the football field. I love the X's and O's and I love that, but I like to know like how they got to where they are, how they got to the Chicago bears and how they got to the NFL. And so that's kind of the grasp I have on making monsters is we've talked to high school coaches and we've talked to fam brothers and we've talked to, you know, college coaches. And it's just been really fun because you get to know these guys, they're human. And we forget that sometimes when we're yelling at them on the, on the TV screen. But so that's kind of the path I took and it's been honestly really fun. Okay. I know Brendan, you've got the next question, but I, but I have to get this one in here. The Jags are playing the bears. Who are you cheering for? Oh, I'm cheering the Bears. Everybody knows that. Everybody. Let's go. <laughs> everybody at my station knows, and they mess with me very badly. Last season, the first like five, six weeks, they were all like, "Oh, Justin Fields is a bust. You guys have to do it again." And then once you know the Patriots game came, that was primetime football, so they were all watching it, and they were like, 
okay, maybe, maybe <laughs> you guys have something here. Um, but they, they know my whole office is decked out in bear stuff. So people come in like Jags players will walk by and be like, what is, what is this? And I'm like, sorry, I love you guys, but not as much. Oh man. Roy Robertson Harris must have a very special place in your heart then. So <laughs> yeah, I love He's honestly one of the greatest dudes too. We just like, he'll come into the station quite a bit. He does a lot of charity stuff around Jacksonville and he's just a really good human. So it's been fun to like kind of see him transfer over and he's honestly become one of like the vocal leaders on the Jacks defense too. So that's been fun. Yeah. It's awesome to see. Um, so Taylor, I, we have a bunch of fan questions. I have one that I've been dying to ask you since <laughs> I knew that you were going to be coming on the show. Um, I'm a big fan of your making Monsters series. I think it's like you said, a really like niche opportunity and really cool thing to talk with different coaches. What's been maybe like your biggest takeaway or biggest like thing that you learned doing that series with, it could be like a particular episode or person or like, but I'm curious, like what was your biggest takeaway so far? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I learned so many cool things in this podcast. And like I said, I've talked to all levels of people connected to these guys. And one of the episodes, actually, that was my favorite that I didn't get to air because I did an interview with Roquan Smith's high school coach. And it happened to it was going to air the Monday after we ended up releasing Roquan. So I was like, well, there's no point of me releasing this now because he's not a bear anymore. And in it, I'm telling you how much I love Roquan Smith. Um, so I was like, let me just put this one on the back burner. But that was a really good, cool story because they took he took us into like the draft room on draft day and really like how Roquan felt and all the people that were in the room. And it, it was a really cool experience. And those are fun for me because same thing, Justin Fields high school coach did the same thing. He took us like behind the scenes of how Justin Fields was freaking out. And we always see those clips where people kind of judge and they're like, Justin Fields was mad. Like he didn't want to be drafted by the bears, but he really took us behind the scenes and was like, no, he was upset because he's a competitor and he had was potentially one of the top three picks and kept falling and falling and falling. And so it was more so like he was a little upset that he wasn't drafted earlier than that, but he wasn't upset. He was a bear. Um, he was like, honestly, he was pretty excited when I talked to him on the phone about how much he loves Chicago. So it's little things that like that you get from these guys and you really get their their personalities and things like how competitive they are, or how quiet they are. And that's fun, too, because we get a lot of the ones where I'm like, you know, are, can you see them being a leader? And the, their brothers will be like, oh, heck no, he's too quiet. Like he'll lead with like his actions on the football field, but he'll never be the one screaming at someone on the sideline. And then other guys are like, oh, yeah, like Tevin Jenkins episode. They were like, oh, heck, yeah, he'll defend Justin Fields. He'll get in a fight. He'll get kicked out of game he doesn't care and obviously we've seen that but it's cool to see like what led those people to that type of personality so that's kind of what's been fun for me that's awesome um okay so one of our uh, our first listener question that we have uh one of my favorite guys at dj smith must go i feel like he changes his name every week <laughs> um <laughs> who wins the super bowl first the bears or the jags yeah that's a that one uh, it's hard because i do think if i'm talking about like right now and position of like what we've seen happen I have to say the Jags just because I do think that Trevor's a little beyond what Justin Fields is right now but I am expecting Justin Fields to take this massive huge leap this season um, I saw it with Trevor and that's the one thing like I said the connections between them how the Jags not this last season but the season before that after Urban was drafted what the way they kind of approach that offseason is almost identical to the way the Bears have. And I watched the Jags go from one win first overall pick to nine wins winning the division. And so I I'm I wouldn't be totally surprised if like a shift kind of happens in that way. Um, but I, I just have to say, just because I do think like they're a little a, a little further along in a pro prog progression and they've also added Calvin Ridley now. 
Um, it, it'll be interesting. Granted, I do think the offensive line is going to be struggling with Jacksonville a little more this season. They lost Juwan Taylor, obviously, to Kansas City. Um, Cam Robinson's dealing with some suspension stuff for PEDs, so that's two of their main offensive linemen that probably aren't going to be there. Well, Juwan definitely not, but uh, Cam for probably six weeks. And then also, mm -hmm. they did not address their pass rush whatsoever, which we know that situation here in Chicago, too. Um, but that was one of their main things. And then also corner position was one of their main things. And they didn't address either of those. So I, I don't know how much they're going to improve this year. And uh, But obviously, I do see Trevor just getting better. He, he's just amazing. His, the way the ball flies out of Trevor's hands, like it's just like nothing you've ever seen in person. Um, other than I've never seen Patrick Mahomes in person. So that's why I'm saying never seen it in person. Um, but yeah, so I think I would, I would lean that way. But I really think... Think, like after the season really seeing how this DJ Moore Justin Fields connection goes and how the secondary steps up our linebacker group has greatly improved so things like that I think can make me by the end of the season say ah oh, like this could be kind of fun for the next few years watching you know Justin and Trevor uh, continue because we saw it from high school they've been competing very closely Hey, Taylor. Uh, so obviously, after tearing it down a little bit, the Bears are starting to build things back up. And, and one of the ways they did that was through the draft this year with a multitude of picks. Now that we've had a couple of months for the dust to settle, I'm just curious what your overall impressions are of the 23 draft. Yeah, I honestly love the draft. Uh, I think that, number one, I was a big Darnell Wright fan. I was Paris Johnson one, but had a feeling Paris Johnson wasn't going to be there. I did a podcast right before the draft started, and they were like, what do you think? And I was like, Look, I love Paris Johnson Jr. I just don't think he's going to be there. you got to go Darnell Wright. You have to protect Justin. Um, I, I think that adding DJ Moore was enough. I didn't want to reach for JSN at that point. And obviously, you would. You, the Jalen Carter was the next thing. And I just had a feeling that Ryan Poles, from the examples that I've seen so far of Ryan Poles, I noticed he's a big character guy. He, wa he wants to have the good guys on the team. We saw this with the Roquan situation. We saw how he handled Roquan. Um, and when Roquan held out and all of this thing, Ryan Poles didn't fold and he kept going and then he traded him because he was like, all right, you don't really want to be here. Then we're not, we're going to make it happen. So I had a feeling Jalen wasn't going to be it. I also have my questions obviously surrounding Jalen, the way he showed up to, uh, the combine of the pro days or whatever, I think it was pro days because combine, he got in trouble. Um, so just those situations. So I was ecstatic about Dar Darnell Wright. Um, a lot of, I love Zach Pickens pick Javon Dexter, obviously being here at 10 times is also the home of the Gators. So I've covered Javon like super closely the last few years and he's just such a monster and I really think he's one of those guys that has a really high ceiling so that'll be fun um Roshan Johnson really I'm just excited about that one because Bijan Robinson I did a podcast on and I did not do it on Roshan but he was one of the guys that we kind of mentioned in that podcast because they were like hey like the running back room at Texas is just so good uh, so I think there's just a lot of pieces I think they they hit obviously outside of edge every position group they really needed and honestly in my opinion at a pretty high level so i was really impressed with what they were able to do uh in the draft this season i mean and this year and especially with all of the holes that they they have Uh -oh, Dang it, I'm so good at that. You have, Taylor, you have no idea how much of a hard time this dude has given me, given to Jack Wright, and so it finally that. came back to you, buddy. I just, that so makes good. me. So I have to do another unmuting tutorial for the gang. I'll do another yes. technology tutorial tomorrow morning. That's one morning. of those things I pride myself on. I'm so I'm usually on the on the button, so that's that's that hurts. I'm gonna do, do some push-ups, Justin Fields style. In um, what I was gonna say was you mentioned some of the holes that this team has. We talked a little bit about it earlier. Edge rusher, 
So a question uh, from one of our favorite guys, Scott Swartz, is oh, if Scott. you could make a move for any rusher, and I'll say a realistic move because TJ Watt's not coming to town, but if you could make a move for any edge rusher to add to this current Bears roster, who would you add and why? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that right now, realistically, the, the guy that I, I would have loved to see Leonard Floyd back, like I just loved him. I was super upset when the Bears got rid of him in the first place. Um, so I I was bummed when that one didn't work out. But I think I think obviously Chase Young's like the one we can really look at that could potentially happen right now. Injuries are a concern, obviously, with him, but he's only 24 years old. There's that Ohio State connection. So there's things there. there there's reasons that you would kind of you would be optimistic about him coming. And obviously at this point, any anything pass rushing is gonna help. They they did a little bit with Demarcus Walker and I personally, and I've said this on a lot of podcasts recently, that I am expecting Dominique Robinson and Travis to take another step up. Last year was just kind of weird, but we really saw glimpses of Dom earlier in the season. And then Travis the year before, I was so excited. He was one of the guys I was most excited to watch last season. And the defense just kind of uh, crumbled a little bit. But yeah, so I think that to me is the main, the one that I'm not a Yannick Ngakwe fan. I've kind of argued this on uh, Twitter with some people, and I get it. You want to add the pass rush. I personally saw Jan, obviously, here in Jacksonville. I'm just not a fan of his personality. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of how he is in the locker room. He, there was a lot of toxicity kind of surrounding Jan when he was here in Jacksonville. And obviously, it's not the only place because now he's on his fifth team in four years. So it, it wasn't just a one-off situation. There's something with Jan um, in addition to just being terrible against the run, which is also a problem. So I'm not – I'm not really game for that one. Um, so I think right now that's the only realistic one I can I can say. Like though it was funny because when I saw that, I was like, is he talking about like if I could just go pick somebody? Because I'm telling you, like, give me TJ Watt, right? give me Nick Bosa <laughs> right now. Like, yeah. It's just that easy. Yeah. yeah. I, the two edge rushers. Yeah. There you go. Right? Both of them. Both of them. I do I do have a quick follow-up to that. And it's yeah. a guy that you know fairly well. Could Dewan Smoot be somebody that fits this defense. I know he's coming off the Achilles injury, but he was really productive. He looks like his rehab's going well. Could that be an option? Yeah, and I'm really interested because I, I really love Smooth. Obviously, that injury, and the, I haven't heard a whole lot here in Jacksonville, and that's kind of what concerns me is because there hasn't been a whole lot of talk about Smoot. And Smoot, and in in later, in the, before he got hurt, was really becoming a piece of that defense and making a lot of moves. And he was one that every Monday we were talking about as one of like the players of the game when it comes to defense because even though maybe he wasn't stacking up those sack numbers, he was – he was wreaking some havoc on the line, and that's what you like to see. Um, and he wasn't even one of the main pieces. Obviously, there was rotational pieces in there. Arden Key also, which the Jags lost him. But um, there, I, I love Smoot. I think that maybe I need to hear a little bit more what's going on with his injury because that's a little bit concerning for me. Um, also, obviously, Jags run a 3-4, and he before they switched back to a 3-4, uh, you didn't see him as much. So I don't know exactly mm-hmm. what that is. That could also just be – what was going on in the Jacks defense at that time and coaching and everything, because it was, everybody knows it was kind of a hot mess towards the end of even before urban with it. So I, I love Smoot. I really do. And I think that if he's healthy, he could be a piece, but obviously that's a guy that you could also kind of negotiate a good contract with because he hasn't been this like massive piece of any defense, but he's been, he's been a playmaker. Taylor, I love this question. So mm-hmm. this is coming from our guy, Todd Welter. Mm-hmm. Which Bears division rival do you want to see fail more this season? The Packers or for some reason, I don't know if you're seeing it. The Lions fans sure are getting chirpy on Twitter. Yeah. So so which one do you want to see fail more this season? Guys, this one's so hard for me because I want the Packers to just like 
fall flat on their face and embarrass themselves. And I want Jordan Love to just like, I want them to get a taste of what it's like to not have a quarterback, but I do not want them to be bad enough this season to go get uh, Drake May or Caleb Williams. Like, I just, I just don't want it to happen. And that would be our luck to where they're like, they're just, they're just bad enough and they get one of these new quarterbacks and then that quarterback is the next one to come around. So like, I want them to struggle this year, but I want them to manage like, five, six, seven wins. But the Lions fans have been getting on my nerves lately. And I did the uh, the cruise around the North recently. And Jeremy, I, I did it with Jeremy Risen. And he was like, hey, I'm worried about Justin. He was like, but Detroit fans aren't. And he was like, for some reason, they are just like not too worried about Justin Fields. They, they think it's just kind of like he's going to be a bust and they're not concerned. And they're very confident in themselves. So I... Like, I just want to see the Lions lion again. And then next year, after the Packers, like, end up extending Jordan Love for, like, five years, then they win one game. I love that. Yeah, so well said. So you mentioned uh, at the beginning of the show that you do expect Justin to kind of take that next step. And you talked about a lot of parallels between the trajectory of the, the Jags and the Bears. So what are your realistic expectations heading into this season for the Bears? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it, it will be. I'm expecting pretty similar to what happened with them. So I, I don't think all of a sudden it could happen, though, because the one thing with me, when you look at our division, it's just very it's very interesting. Who even knows? Because we don't know what Jordan Love's going to be. Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins, and the Vikings got really lucky a lot of times last season. Like, nobody wins all of their one-score games, and somehow the Vikings did that. And it, it just is – there's no way that's going to happen again. And the Lions, again, it's it's the Lions, and I don't think I have the most trust in Jared Goff. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I just don't think he's necessarily one that you're you're counting on being your guy for the future. Um, I think he'll win enough to, like, stay around for a while. Um, but – we saw how easy it was like Matthew Stafford leaves and wins a Super Bowl, And that's just kind of like what happens in Detroit. It feels like, but I, I think that when we're looking at it, realistically, the division helps the schedule as we there, there's some tough games in there, obviously, but really there's, there's a lot of games in there where the quarterbacks are kind of unknown. Like you're looking at Tampa, like, are we going to be playing Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask in Tampa? Are we going to, there's a lot of those type of situations. Atlanta, are we playing? I don't know. Uh, Desmond Ritter I don't even know like so there's a lot of those type of games on the Bears schedule where it's like they could surprise you and maybe these teams kind of stay you know like maybe some of these young teams Carolina what is CJ Stroud gonna do we don't know like so there's all of the all of these things where you're kind of guessing what's going on um but I, I think that realistically we have to just keep an eye on maybe like an eight nine win type of thing uh, so I just want to throw this out here really quick, just because I love Adam Ishikawa. He's a regular uh, of the show. And just, you know, I, th I think I, I just love the way he said that. And also yeah. want to throw this out here that the last question was coming from Andrew Davies from Melbourne, Australia. We have listeners uh, that we interact ah. with from Melbourne, Australia. So Andrew Davies, shout out to you, buddy. I hope you're doing well. Sorry. Thanks. No, no, all good. So our next question comes from Pete. I never know how to say his last name. Martuniak. Sorry if I butchered it. It happens to me that's, all the time. That's why I gave it to you, so I, would, I wouldn't have to try. <laughs> it, it is what it is. Uh, so Pete's wondering, Taylor, mm -hmm. which Bears, in your opinion, have the most to prove in 2023? Yeah, I mean, I think the obvious one is Justin Fields. Uh, it, Justin, I think that if this after this season, if um, you're not seeing, like, the consistency that you want out of him, and obviously the passing game, we've seen – 
we've watched so much Bears football and we've seen everything and all of the issues and we see the numbers of like how bad the help was and how many times he was sacked and how many sacks were on him and how many were on the line. So, but not everybody has seen that. Um, So I am expecting a step up, but I will say he still has to prove himself because we definitely need uh, some games with maybe over 200 passing yards would be fun. Um, But I I think so. He's number one for me. I obviously got to look at the contract guys, Cole Komet, Jalen Johnson, those two um, have, they're, they're kind of proving themselves. I've loved Cole Komet. I think that each year he's progressed and that's with obviously some naggy offenses and last year, just not a whole lot to be able to do. And you still see Cole Komet being able to like make some plays. We've seen some, some fantastic catches last season that were just so fun to watch. Um, and then same with Jalen. I think Jalen's so fun, but th- those corner positions can get a little pricey sometimes and they get a little chatty and they like to talk, you know, they like to work up um, their contracts and make the money, which I get it. Um, but you also are going to want to see like a shutdown guy if you're going to pay him after that. So I think those three are the are three that kind of really stick out to me. Uh, I also think that just because it's like the biggest money we handed out this offseason, Tremaine Edmonds, um, you really want to see him be that vocal guy in the linebacker group. And uh, because who is there? Like what real leader do we have to kind of take a hold of this? Because there's a lot of young guys on there with Dom and Trev and then Demarcus Walker's new. And he's kind of a he was a rotational piece before he came here and Jack Sanborn's just in year two and coming off injury. So I really think Tremaine Edmonds has a chance to prove himself, not only that he's earned the money, um, but also to just, he's earned a spot to be the leader on the Bears defense and a, a linebacker position that's historic. Now, Taylor, our next question comes from Eric Liu, and he's wondering uh, at the end of the 2023 season, what four players do you think will be most responsible for the Bears wins and losses? It's a great question. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I feel I think you have to go Justin on that one, obviously, mm-hmm. because if Justin feels like I said doesn't take a step up, it's it's going to be um, a long season. But I, I think also DJ Moore, uh, you're going to want to see him be that guy. We've made a lot of arguments this off season of. Okay, is he worth? Uh, is he a number one wide receiver? And Panthers fans all of a sudden are like, no, he's not. Even though they were crying when they were talking about getting rid of Burns or DJ Moore, but all of a sudden he's not. Um, so I, I think that that connection between Justin and DJ Moore is going to be really very, very important this off season. Um, but from what I've heard, and we saw. Who was it? Was it Brisker talking about it recently about how they already have the connection and they're like best friends. And I was like getting so excited watching that because I was like, yes, this is so fun. Um, but I, I think another one I, I have to name is and I'm going to group. I'm, it's a group kind of. But I really think that we do need to see um, Tevin. I need Tevin to stay healthy. I love when Tevin's on the football field. He's a game changer, but he has to stay out there. You can't protect Justin if you're not on the football field. So I'm kind of grouping him and Braxton. You want to take that next step from Braxton. You want them to to prove that they can be the guys on the offensive line. Um, Obviously, adding Nate Davis, and there's some other pieces that are going around with Darnell Wright as a rookie. But I think those two kind of taking hold and being like, okay, this is our line. We're here to protect Justin. This is our guy. Uh, That's important. And then I'm going to also group kind of Kyler and uh, Brisker because we saw Kyler Gordon really start to take leaps towards the end of the season. But there's some major major struggles early on. And it'll be interesting because I do think they're going to move him more into inside, like the nickel corner type, and have Tyreek Stevenson on the outside. Outside, so that'll help a lot, especially because Blues loves the three-corner system, but um, that sub-package stuff. So it'll be really fun to kind of watch that. But I, that's why I'm kind of grouping them together because it's both of them. But we we need turnovers. We have to start doing that. I, I would name an edge guy if I was confident that one of them would go out there and get 10, nine, ten sacks, but I'm not totally sure that's going to happen. 
Yeah, we that we've talked about that a lot on this podcast. It, it it worries me that there isn't really a great pass rusher on this team at all. So we we could go on for a long time about it. Our favorite Canadian, and for any of our other Canadian listeners, sorry, but TJ Brooks <laughs> wants to know which player in the secondary do you think is this year's ball hawk? Who's going to be the guy that's coming away with all the interceptions? Uh, I'm going to say Brisker. I just think like he is, he's insane to me and he's so much fun to watch. And like you, we've seen his, we've seen his ups last season. And obviously we talked about how much he was getting to the quarterback. I'm hoping this year we're not counting on Jaquan Brisker to be our sack leader again. And that way he can kind of go up and get the ball um, a little more. You obviously want guys like Eddie. We saw Kyler start get some, I think he had three in the last like seven weeks last season. So it's those, I just see Brisker as that guy. Um, and he's just so fun to me. He's fast. He knows how to find the ball. He knows how to identify the plays. And that's one of the things I did my episode on Jaquan Brisker. And that's one of the things that both his high school and college coach talked about were just like how good he is at finding the ball. And they're like, sometimes he like covers so much of the field that you're like, how is this guy even doing this? But that's just how he is because he's fast. He's quick. And his like football IQ of knowing what's about to happen is uh, beyond a lot of the guys. And I think we saw that just how quickly he was able to do it last year. All right, this next question. This is going to be a hard one. So this is uh, tough. This is yeah. Tough. I'm I'm trying to think of this myself. Uh, it's from Richard Gage. He wants to know how would you rank the divisions right now? I guess in order of like yeah, strongest to weakest. Um. So I actually had to write this one down because I was like, this is a good question, and it honestly is kind of hard. So look at I, you, I think... Taylor, being well prepared for this. All right, <laughs> she's in radio, of course. I know <laughs> she is, but but we just appre- at the Bear Down Chicago podcast. We appreciate your hard work and efforts here, Taylor. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I just see me being put on the spot, and all of a sudden forgetting like what the AFC West is, and I'm like, oh god. Um, so I, I think that for me, I'm going to put the AFC East at the top, and I think the East and West are are, are very are close because obviously the West, you have Patrick Mahomes. I think any division that has Patrick Mahomes, you kind of have to lean that towards the top. But I just think that I, I love the Bill. I love Josh Allen. I love the Bills. I think Miami and Tua have a chance. They just keep adding things somehow. I feel like I don't know how they keep having money, but like the last two off seasons, they've just been like spend, spend, spend. Um, obviously, you want Tua to stay out on the field, but when Tua's out there, they're they're a good they're a good team. Uh, the Jets, obviously, with Aaron Rodgers, I'm not quite sure how that'll go, but I think that when you're looking at a division, you're looking at a Jets team that was like a quarterback away last season in a in a lot of a lot of ways. We we're looking at this and we're like, man, this team is kind of good. Like their defense is really good. They've got some playmakers. They just don't have a quarterback, and now they have a guy who uh, can. I hope he fails, but I, I just I'm not sure I see that happening. Patriots, I don't know, but it's, it's Bill Belichick coaching a football team and somehow he still leads them to eight nine wins with whatever quarterbacks he whatever quarterback he throws back there but then right after that I think I would go AFC West obviously Patrick Mahomes Chargers um Denver I'm not expecting Russell Wilson to bomb the way he did last season so I'm kind of like thinking that maybe he'll be up there Raiders I'm not so sure we're not uh exactly know what's going on with Jimmy Garoppolo right now but still if Jimmy's there he's a game manager he'll be able to do things and make things happen uh beyond that it it gets a little messy I think I would go AFC North um Cincinnati Joe Burrow is honestly probably my quarter my favorite quarterback outside I'm gonna say outside of Justin Fields Mm -hmm. I know Patrick Mahomes is like the guy but I just love Joe Burrow and like the way he plays and his intensity and like the just things he can do obviously Jamar Chase and T Higgins there's so many weapons there um and 
Baltimore Lamar with his his extension. I do think that Pittsburgh has enough around Kenny, and we could we could see another step from Kenny Pickett to kind of make things happen. Cleveland, I don't know. I hate Deshaun Watson, so I don't really care about them. But um, beyond that, I'll say AFC East. Uh, that Philly, Dallas, New York, Washington, interesting division. But Philly and Dallas are competitive. Obviously, not the biggest believer in Daniel Jones, but. Uh, beyond that, NFC West, I think the 49ers are a really good football team. They just don't really know who their quarterback's going to be, so that's interesting. Seattle, not sure Geno's going to do that again. Uh, the Rams, Matthew Stafford, uh, he's just – I don't know. I'm not quite confident in them anymore. In Arizona, Kyler's kind of gone downhill also. And then I'm putting NFC North behind that. Um, I think that just with Justin Fields' next leap, we've seen like Minnesota and Detroit have so many weapons. It's insane. Uh, Green Bay has a good defense. I'm not quite sure how good their offense is going to be or how good Jordan Love is going to be. But beyond that, I'm putting the AFC South. Um, I think Tennessee, Indy, and Houston has a chance to just be completely terrible. Um, there's too many. They're all three potentially are going to be playing young quarter, uh, rookie quarterbacks. There, it's just been kind of uh, not the not the toughest division for Jacksonville right now but I think Jacksonville will be good I just don't know about the rest and then the last NFC South that one is just Tampa with Baker and Kyle Trask I think it's just kind of a mess Carolina rookie quarterback New Orleans there Derek Carr I'm not sure I'm not the biggest believer in Derek Carr I think he can throw up stat numbers he's like a Kirk Cousins ish to me um and then Atlanta they don't really know what they're doing at quarterback they have weapons when it comes obviously to like Kyle Pitts and things like that but um quarterback wise they have a question mark yeah you know that's cool. a great that's a great point. We, like, hold on, just really quick. Good. Like, that was in, that was <laughs> impressive. That was impressive. Sorry, Sheldon. No, I was just gonna say that's a great point. One I didn't think of until you just brought it up. Taylor is, you know, we're hoping that Carolina kind of um, falters next year to get a good draft pick. But yeah, you're right. They're probably playing in the worst uh, division in football, and so they've got six games that are probably pretty winnable. Yeah. Uh, so that's not going to help Bears fans um, yeah. who are looking for a and top, I, top pick. And I, I haven't looked at the rest of their schedule, so I don't know. But, yeah, when you have those six games that are very winnable games, it helps yeah. you because, obviously, it's your divisions, your games, that you already play a little tougher anyways. And that's why that, that Carolina Bears matchup to me this year is going to be so interesting and so much fun, but also, like, kind of scary because Panthers fans are just not going to stop talking trash that week. Hmm. Uh, so our next question comes from a name you may recognize, and uh, I don't know if I'm reading too much into it. That maybe this this, this question's already been asked and, and debated, but Lester Wiltfong Jr. wants to know, who is no. your favorite all-time Bears offensive lineman? So this one's funny to me because I kind of joke with them all the time. They're all offensive line guys, and I'm like – I don't know. Like, I didn't start paying attention to the <laughs> offensive line until, like, I don't know. I was probably, like, 26. And then I was like, maybe I should know, like, really what these guys, what what these guys, like, specifically need to do. But even that, like, sometimes they talk about stuff and I'm like, Lester, I don't know. What, I don't know. What you're saying. <laughs> um, but so I have to go. And it's probably, like I said, it's just because of the relative, relevance. But I have to go Kyle Long. Just because around the time that the Bears drafted Kyle Long is when I was really like engulfing myself into football. And I'll never forget like his first season. They played the Rams. His brother Chris Long was playing on the defense. Kyle Long almost got in a fight and Chris Long had to stop it. And I remember being like, this is kind of fun. Like that's a fiery offensive lineman. And I like that, you know. And so I th I have to go with that just because it's kind of been like that was my first experience of like noticing an offensive lineman other than like going back and watching later. Like, obviously, I love guys like Olin Kurtz and I had him on my podcast and he's great. And they had a lot of guys around that time where the line was good. Um, oh, he went to high school with Olin. I love him. Yeah. But um, 
I, for me, that's just like, I can't tell you that when I was 17, I was like looking at the offensive line and reading and trying to figure out who was good and who was bad. I couldn't have, I couldn't have told you that. But Mustafer probably a close second. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to say Jamarcus Just, Webb, really. Oh, I will tell you man. that like, I have grown to love, and I said this a few minutes ago, I have grown to love Tevin Jenkins. Like, Tevin is just, I want him to be able to stay healthy and be the guy because, I again, like, he has that fieriness in him, and we've seen him just, like, out there shoving guys over Justin, and he's just so much fun. But he's also a teddy bear, and he's, like, cute, and I love that because he's just, like, off the field, his glasses, and he's like kind of geeky. And the, but then on the football field, he's just a bear, and I love it. I absolutely love this question. So this is from Big Dave from the UK. So favorite Bears uniform combination? So uh, you know, there's only one right answer. Oh, I know oh, you oh. guys are you guys are not gonna like my answer. I already know this, and I could tell by like your comment, Ryan. I think you replied, and you were like, "I have strong feelings about this." And then I do. Made, someone made a comment about like <laughs> no highlighter jerseys, and I was like, Ugh. first of all, I'm gonna say that I'm super weird, and like my favorite ones, which obviously this is a recent thing because they've only been around a few years, but the 1936 jerseys are like." Yes. I love those unis. Love so them. awesome. I, I love just like the history of them. I love how closely they were connected to the ones from the 30s. And I, I love like the different. It's not the same helmet. It's like a little weird and funky, but it's fun. Um, but my favorite color is orange. And I love, I know, I know. Mm. But I love or not saying that all the orange last year yes. was maybe a little much, maybe a yeah. little much, but the orange, just the orange Jersey. I loved when they would do that. Granted, I feel like we never win a football game in the orange Jersey. I think we were wearing the never. orange ones when we played Washington last year. And I was yeah. like, let's not wear these ever again. Um, but Taylor, I, I we were doing so good. We were so good up until this moment. Sorry. <laughs> know, also, I'm we sorry. used to win in the orange a lot. We used to back in the lovey yeah. Smith days. Then they took them away. Then they brought mm -hmm. them back. And now it's a whole thing. Yeah, and that's what recently, though, like last year, I I, th I don't think we, well, we only won three games, so that doesn't really tell you much anyways about the jerseys. Uh, but I think, I don't, I also don't think you could go wrong with the blue and white numbers. Um, those, those are, I have a blue and white, I think I have a brisker one in that, and then I have a Justin Fields one in the orange. So that's, those are the ones that I, I got new last year, and I just, orange is my favorite color, though, so I just see her that way. I want them to just keep them. All right, so Brendan and, and Shells, I got to hear your your answers as well. Oh boy, I, I would I would commit a felony for the Bears to wear the all white uniforms just one more time. I miss them so much. <laughs> I absolutely love them. I used to love. I grew up in New York, and I used to love when the Giants wore the all white uniforms too. It like just brings me back to my childhood. And the Bears had the all whites, and I just yeah. think they're real sharp. I think with the, with the right helmet, if they went with the the old school. Um, blue helmet with the white C or even the, the current traditional uh, blue helmet with the orange C. I just think that would look sharp. Brendan, right. what about you? Before I get to mine, I got to put our guy Adam on blast a little bit. Ooh. No, no, no. Put him on blast. I oh, I will. Oh, oh, hold on, my friend. Hold That's on. my favorite combination, Adam Ishikawa. So let him say whatever he's going to say. But blue top, blue bottoms. It is awesome. It is fantastic. Go ahead. Put us Put me yeah, like and the, Ishikawa I, I, on I like blast. the blue with the white, though. I like the blue with the white pants. And guess what? Blue on blue doesn't win. They don't <laughs> win in blue on blue. Go back and like look at the history or whatever. They don't we... win games when they do blue on blue. It's a guaranteed loss. So please, have your favorite combination. It's great. You're getting an L, okay? <laughs> That's the we... problem. 
<laughs> we cheer for a team that historically has not been real great over the last 20 years. So yeah. And it's, and it's worse with those combinations. I'm sorry. But um, my, I know, I'd, my... be like, I'd be the worst coach because I'm so superstitious. I'd be like, <laughs> we'd win a game in like whatever uniform. I'd like, for the rest of the year, like we're just going to wear these. You, you would be a great baseball manager then because I know like baseball pitchers and managers get really like oh, they're super finicky with that. Yeah, yeah. Like the Cubs not wearing their home blues or something. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but no, my favorite combination is the the old throwbacks. And I know that's an oxymoron, but the throwbacks from like the early 2010s, mm-hmm. like the yep. the no logo on the helmet, the um the 1940s monsters. Yeah, I think it was the 1940s. Ones, yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I love that look. It's just is that, those are sharp. Is that when Lovey would wear like the curse of B? Like that's when that kind of yep. came back around. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. So I just have like memories of of like winning Cutler, like slinging <laughs> it in that and you know us actually being able to put up points and just like that grittiness i don't know it was it was fun so i miss yeah. those jerseys i wish they would come back all right so taylor we're gonna move to the non-football questions the okay. quick quick hitters and okay. if it's okay with you what we're gonna do is we're gonna throw in everybody into this one so you're okay. gonna go first okay after you brendan sheldon and i will finish it up for for each of these and folks for all of us, got to be quick hitters, okay? So uh, this one is also coming from Lester Wiltfong. If you could only eat uh, one more taco in your lifetime, one taco, how do you prepare it? Um, so mine is going to be because it's like my favorite taco place here in Jacksonville, but they do a brisket taco, and it's freaking mm. delicious. But it has brisket, like a mango salsa on it, and then they make their like this homemade – I love spicy stuff. So they, it's like this really spicy like chili hot sauce that they put on it. Um, but delicious. And it's literally just three things, but I could eat like 50 of them. Oh, and Brennan? cilantro. I'm sorry. It has cilantro. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is so tough. I don't know. I <laughs> honestly, I could just go for like, a, I would probably do pulled chicken, um, guacamole, salsa, corn. I, I would almost want to load it up and just ha- like eat it forever. Like just put everything on it. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's really tough. I, I, Ryan, you could put any taco in front of me. I'll eat it. That's fair. That's yeah, it's totally fair. <laughs> um, I was going to go brisket, but to be different, I will say uh, seafood taco with mahi. Oh, that's yeah. really good. Yeah. Uh, there's a place in Downers Grove uh, called Los Dos, and they do the best. It's Yucatan style. So it's like kind of a sweet pork. It's supposed to be cooked oh, yeah. in banana leaves underground. Mm. they're just onions cilantro and pork and it is the most amazing thing i've ever had that's that's it for sure okay favorite beverage for watching sports um so i'm like i'm a shot girl i love taking shots so usually i'll do like a flavored vodka water that's what i'll kind of like sip on throughout but i love bombs so i'll take like orange bombs vegas bombs something like that and usually we do it for every touchdown and last year there were certain games where i was like okay we're on like the fifth touchdown now (laughs) like i've got to slow it down a little bit but that's usually my kind of rotation with that when um i'm watching games if i'm indulging while watching the games this is a really boring answer, but I have a rationale for it. It's Michelob because I'm a very nervous when I watch games. I just, you know, keep drinking. So <laughs> got to stay hydrated. <laughs> uh, bourbon and ginger. Oh, 
Um, I like a, a, just a good amber ale. I'm the opposite of Chagru. I will take a long time when I'm watching a game to sip a beer. So it's just something that is heavier and sipper and just going to enjoy it. All right. Love this question. Uh, who is your favorite all-time non-football athlete? Yeah, this one's hard. I had so many people go through my brain um, because I was like, a lot of them were kind of recent. This is supposed to be fast. Sorry, I don't need to explain it. Um, but <laughs> I, I think that I have to say, and this is, I have like a Chicago one and a non-Chicago one, but for the Chicago one, I had, to, I had to go Patrick Kane. I loved Patrick Kane. And it was like really when I was getting into hockey, my family didn't watch much hockey. So right when, around the time Patrick Kane came to the Blackhawks is when I was like really getting into him. Um, and so I, I just love him. I loved his energy. I loved everything. I was really sad when he left. Um, non, I have to say, like right now in the moment, Shohei Otani is my favorite human, like my favorite human at this point. Oh man, um, I'll, I'll do honorable mention for Kane for literally everything you said. I'm a Blackhawks fan, but just because of the time and you know where I was in life, Derek Rose, I yeah. loved prime Derek Rose, just was can't miss TV, and mm-hmm. I, I wish we had more, more of that primeness that we had because it just wasn't enough. This goes back to when I was a kid. There's no player I idolized more than the hitman, Donald Arthur Mattingly, first baseman for the New York Yankees. He was the best. I can't believe no one has said it. Michael Jordan. Like, I mean, hands I had down. It. Too young. Like, I had it. I, oh, yeah. Okay, fair. Just a yeah. little. You you young and you. Yeah, no, yeah. I got to I got to watch the the both repeats, Michael Jordan by, by far. Um, okay, uh, this one. I guess shells like maybe you're going to be, this is going to be your specialty, which is a better time zone, central time zone or Eastern standard time. Uh, I'm okay. I'll tell you the reasons I like both. So Eastern time sucks for sports because everything's so freaking late, especially if it's like primetime football. That's what everyone here. Like I complain about primetime football games because I'm like, I'm so tired. Like by at the end of Sunday at eight 20 at night, I'm like, I'm ready to like start winding down and going to bed and the game's not over sometimes until after midnight, one o'clock if there's overtime. So it's a lot. Um, West Coast games suck because it's literally like 1030 at night and the game's starting and it's awful. But summertime, 930, it's still sunny outside. And that's that's kind of nice. It's central time. I'm sorry. (laughs) One, for the reasons you listed for sports. But two, if I'm ever traveling like for the East Coast and I feel like I just need to sleep in just a little bit. I feel like the day's over. Like, you know, nine o'clock, like I'm I'm trying to start my day. And I'm like, wow, it feels like it's almost noon already. And I feel like I just wasted half the day. Uh, Central time is the GOAT. Okay. I'm sorry. And I know Todd <laughs> asked this. Todd's my guy. He gets it. Central time is the best. It's, it's funny because I'm – sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. Go ahead. I was just like, I've split, like, I've lived here, Central and Eastern, obviously, and it's like, I, like I said, there's reasons for both, but it's still so weird to me to go back and have, like, a noon football game, because I'm so used to them now being at 1 p.m., and I'm like, noon, like, I need a little more time to, like, pregame and, like, get to my tailgate, and I don't want to start at 8 a.m., that's a little early, but I can't imagine what the West Coast feels like, because I, they, they're starting at, like, 5 a.m., I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's Eastern. The world revolves around Eastern. The schedules are set based on Eastern time. When you when you schedule a meeting, you default to Eastern. You assume it's Eastern unless stated otherwise. And Central just feels like it wants so hard to be like the Eastern Standard Time, but it like <laughs> it has to be a little bit different. 
We'll just we'll, we'll go an hour earlier. Like who does that? Who makes everybody do an hour of math? Like it's just dumb. And you've got states in that time zone that are in, like Indiana has towns you can cross over and be in multiple time zones in like thirty oh, yeah. seconds. It's well, just, that's that's an Indiana it. issue. They suck. Where, so yeah, that's an Indiana. How did how did math get into this? Like, I, did I miss something here? <laughs> yeah, you got it. Like, you got to Oh, it's at four o'clock. Well, no, it's really at three o'clock because oh, everybody. Okay. Okay. Time. Right. Things the first grade. Know, it's out. Control, yeah. so I got to be there an hour <laughs> earlier. And... All right. So I I don't live on the west coast, but I wish I do. I wake up at five a.m. on my days off, and I like I would love to have football over and done with so i can go out and enjoy my afternoon i would love that but yeah i, I guess i gotta lean central time just because yeah I'm, I'm born and bred chicagoland okay um all right this oh man we've had so many good questions i love this question as well if you i know sheldon's answer to this one we've talked about this one before if you could play a sport professionally which sport would you choose um, this one's hard. I probably could not play any sport professionally anymore. Um, I played volleyball, basketball in high school, but I like also stopped growing in like seventh grade. And so like, I'm not sure, but I'm like five, six, five, seven, but I've been five, six since sixth grade. So I just stopped. Um, so it volleyball, basketball worked a lot better, uh, back in that day. But I guess like if I could choose one that I'd just be like really good at and could play, <sighs> Man, that's so hard. I, it's a tough question. I know. I guess I would say volleyball just because, like, I love volleyball. I love the speed of volleyball. I'm not good at sports where you have to, like, sit and think too much. I want to be able to just, like, do what I have to do and not really have time to think about it and contemplate what my next move is. So I would probably say that. For my passion, it would be football easily. I I've talked about it. I played flag football um, as an adult, like after, you know, after school and everything, which is awesome. Might be playing it again at some point. Um, just it's, it's a sport I've always gravitated towards. I was always the best at. Uh, but I will say financially, I would what choose basketball. Play? Oh, uh, wide wide receiver. I, I, I will, I've got I've got good hands. I'm not the fastest guy, but I've got a decent vertical. So that we was call him Allstate on the show. It's his nickname. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> but anyway, what I was going to say is financially, if I could play basketball, I would play basketball because those guys make millions yeah. like yeah. every year. Yeah, it's funny. Like practically now that I'm older, I, I would probably say golf for a lot of reasons. But oh, that's good. Um, I would go baseball. You guys know my passion for baseball. I love it. I grew up playing it. So that would be. I don't think there's anything cooler than playing, being able to play for the New York Yankees. That would be my dream. So I'm a giant nerd. These guys already know it. I'm going to say Australian rules football. I've just, I've become obsessed. I got started with it during COVID and uh, there's one American player that plays over there. And it's just the dudes are, they play until they're like late thirties, forties. Cause it's not as like uh, bad on the body. I know it seems crazy. I do want to throw out Adam Ishikawa again. Thank you for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us. Competitive eating. I think we all missed the mark on that one. That's that's Adam on that one. So definitely uh, go that way. All right. So a couple left for you, Taylor, if that's okay. Um, yep. And I do mean a couple. We have two, two questions left. If okay. you could go back in time, and I've been debating this one since I wrote it down today. If you go back in time, what is the one sporting event you'd want to go see in person? Just one. Oh, I know. Um, I think I would, I, and this can be like before I was alive. Any Anyone you want. Okay. Because I think I would go back and see the 80, the Super Bowl, the Bears Super Bowl. Um, that team was just so much fun. And I feel like I've watched five, but I was born in 1990. I feel like I've watched like 
five billion documentaries and read every book and like know every single personality and love all of them. So something like that would obviously be uh, really cool to see. Even when like I talked to my parents and them watching it on TV, just watching that season in general, they talk about how much fun it was. But it was it was I was torn between that and the Cubs World Series uh, in 2016 because I obviously got to see it on TV. But if I could have been in Wrigley on that day, I would probably choose that almost over anything. I too was going to say the Super Bowl, the 85 Super Bowl, just because like you, I mean, I was born in 91, didn't, didn't see it. And I would just want that joy of being a Bears fan just once in my life. Yeah. Um, but to be different, I'll kind of go the similar route as you, but I'm going to go the um, NLCS clinching game against the Dodgers because as great as the World Series game was, I would be a nervous wreck in person yeah. watching that. The NLCS game against the Dodgers, that was just a fun ride. Like those yeah. the good vibes winning that, that was a lot of fun. So yeah, it'd be that one. Yeah, those are some good choices. Um, I would probably go the 1996 World Series. Uh, it, it was the first time the Yankees had won in a, in a couple of decades. Um, we're down 2 nothing to the Braves, came back, won the next four, and clinched it in, in New York. So that would have been uh, a phenomenal time. And then the other one would probably be the 1980 Olympics at Lake Placid. And I would have bet the farm at the beginning on the U.S. and uh, been set for the rest of my life. <laughs> All right. Uh, this There's two. And this is really going to shock you guys because I'm not a baseball guy. But Game 7 of the World Series for the Chicago Cubs in 2016. I mean, just historic. 108 years. Like, how do you – like? I mean, I remember like sitting on my bed, like nervous with my wife and we're neither one of us are big baseball fans. We watched every <laughs> single minute of it because it was just it's, it was historic. It was a special moment. So so game seven of the World Series, that would have been really cool. And the other one is the 2007 Fiesta Bowl with Boise State versus Oklahoma. Ooh. Anyone that has watched that game, if you, if you if you don't know the results of that game, go to YouTube right now. Don't look up at the score and just watch it. It's the best football game i have ever seen in my entire life the way it ends all of it it's just it's 2007 fiesta bowl oklahoma versus boise state phenomenal great choice yeah i like that all right all right here we go taylor last question for you and i this I, we, we tweak this one just a little bit okay who is your current favorite bear not named justin fields <sighs> okay um I have to go, and I, I've mentioned his name a few times, and I guess I'm like an offensive line girl now. I don't know, but Tevin Jenkins is like my favorite bear at the moment. I just love him like socially on social media. I love how he is on the football field. I love his like feistiness, and I've mentioned that a few times, but I never thought I would name an offensive lineman as my favorite player outside of um, anybody because usually I'm a, I'm a big defensive girl. Like if you name any former player, it's going to be like Lance Briggs or Brian Urlacher or Charles, T Charles Tillman or one of those guys, because I was like, obviously our defense was what it was, but he's just, I love him and I'm cheering for him so big, especially the way like him dealing with the, the back injury and coming back and then kind of getting booted to a different position and now getting booted to another position. Um, so I, but right now I think, I think I have to go Tevin. This is really difficult. Probably because I'm just getting older and all of my favorite players are gone and it's hard to like get new ones. Um, I'll say DJ Moore just because I, I love his game. I've loved his game. I've been like praying that the Bears would have gotten him dating back to, you know, last season when I thought it was an option. Um, I really I love what he brings and I love his demeanor. So I'm really excited to see him actually play a game for the Bears. Yeah, you're right. This is a really tough question. I'll say Jaquan Brisker. He's kind of a tone setter. Um, he's a throwback player. He's mm -hmm. kind of got the Bears attitude. And uh, 
I, I love watching him play. He just brought a lot of energy game in and game out. So he would be my current favorite. I don't know if he's a favorite, but he's probably the one that I'm cheering for the most is Jack Sanborn. I like the like not drafted guys that found their way on. And like, he only played because there, there was no one else to, and then he just, he, he played really well and I want to mm-hmm. see him continue that. So he's someone that I'm, I'm really going to be cheering for this season. All right. So Taylor, Thank you so much for being on the Bear Down Chicago podcast. We we cannot thank you enough. Run us through your socials. Run us through how people can listen to you, uh, stay connected with you, and and most importantly, Taylor, would you be willing to come back on our on our podcast here? Yeah, for sure. This was fun. Anytime. Awesome. Um, I love talking. Obviously, Bears football. So. Whenever you need me, I'm here. Uh, but obviously, the easiest way on Twitter it's at Taydal ten ten XL. So you can. That's. I'm very vocal on Twitter, so that's the easiest place you can find me, obviously. I also just started doing – I've been trying to get a little more active on, like, the football side of TikTok. So I've, like – I've had my TikTok for a long time, but I had never really, like, posted. I just kind of watched. And now I'm trying to get a little more involved in that. And that's also – I think it's just at Tate All. Um, and then so, obviously, Wendy City Gridiron, making monsters on that. So if you follow Wendy City Gridiron on Twitter, um, you'll – see all of my stuff on there making monsters is on spotify all of the podcast apps i use spotify so i'm a little biased towards that because that's what i listen to everything on but uh yeah we have i've just did the cruise around the north so we i kind of went through and talked to uh reporters from green bay detroit and minnesota obviously and got their opinions on what the the division looked like and it was really interesting because they all kind of said different things um of how what they expect to happen and who they expect to win and who they expect to be good so it was kind of fun and then now i'm actually doing a a kind of more fun series for the summertime because i want to get kind of like what you guys did like send me some questions let's figure like let's kind of have some conversations on social media and get some other opinions because i've been talking a lot i've done like 40 podcasts since january about the draft and free agency and um so it'll be fun to hear some other people but Taylor, we can't thank you enough for being on the Bear Down Chicago podcast. Seriously, thank you so much. Folks, if for some reason you are not following Taylor, you need to do that right now. Taylor, thank you so much and take care of yourself, all right? Yeah, thanks, guys. You too. Thanks, Taylor. Thanks, Taylor. Dude, she's freaking awesome. How, like, can we, like, we've had just a string of really, 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 really great guests. Yeah, another wanna... guest I was not responsible for bringing on. <laughs> get that out there because I'm sure Shagru will probably snipe me for it later. I just um, hey hey, hey shells <laughs> shells shells hey shells. Do you remember that time that Brendan Shagru had himself on mute and didn't realize it? Do you remember? I do, do remember, remember that? that. Felt like uh, just yesterday. <laughs> Or 20 minutes ago. <laughs> All right. So, boys, there's a lot of stuff that was covered. But and the one thing that we didn't cover that we didn't talk about that I think we need to before we get out of here, before we get to shout outs, are the Bears going to Naperville? Are the Bears going to Arlington Heights? Are the Bears staying in Chicago? What are your thoughts on this one? So, Shells, I want to go to you first. I know Brendan has done a lot of stuff for this with with um, with Bears Wire and everything else. And so, like, I'm sure he's got a lot to throw at us, maybe a few nuggets to throw at us. So, Shells, I'm just kind of curious, like, your two cents on all of that. Yeah. Um, so, I'll be honest. I, I haven't really followed the ins and outs of all the rumors to n- distinguish between whether it's a leverage move or if they're seriously considering it. What I do know is I don't care. Just crap or get off the pot. You know, cut sling load. Fisher cup bait, whatever the expression is, just figure it out and, and start the process. Cause we know it's going to take a long, long time. Um, once they make the decision to, to get, you know, ground broken and, and, and build everything. So we're already behind the eight ball, right? So let's just figure it out, decide wherever the heck you guys are going to go and start to make it happen. Because I would like to see them play in a, in a state of the art facility before I die. Brennan, talk to us. 
Yeah, agreed. So overall, I do think this is more of a leverage play. And the thing about it with Naperville is it's not like the Bears were seeking Naperville out. Naperville was seeking the Bears out. The mayor just pretty much shot a, hey, you up? I hear things are going too well with the lady. (laughs) Come stay with me for a little bit. You know, we got we make some space. Move the couches over here. And dude's been on the job for what, like three, four weeks, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like he he got the job and he's like, you know what? I'm going to get the Chicago Bears, and that's pretty much what happened. And Kevin Warren probably looked at it and said, ah, screw it. Might as well talk to him, see what they have to offer. Why not? Because as even though they were closing the deal while Kevin Warren was set to become the team president, he wasn't involved in actually securing that deal. Now, I know Ted Phillips is still in an advisory role or a consultant role, I guess, but Kevin Warren is doing what's best for this team to look at all the alternatives, look at all the options. Naperville apparently is an option. It seems like the site that they would be looking at, uh, which would be, I believe it's the former BP campus uh, just north of 88, that's only about, I think it's like 174 acres. That's half of what the Arlington Heights site is. So mm-hmm. if you look at all the variables, the Arlington Heights site is purchased. They are already demolishing it. I looked at it with my two eyes. The construction equipment is already there. It makes all the sense in the world for them to continue forward with that, especially with how big it is and just the possibilities and how far along they've gotten in terms of, wanting to turn it into a mixed residential and commercial site along with the stadium. But the big thing that Naperville has to offer is that it is not in Cook County. And that's the biggest holdup for those who don't know is the whole tax assessment deal. Cook County is basically holding them hostage with trying to charge them. I think it's like five times what the land value was yep. before. And it's not usable right now. It's literally not being used and it can't be used until they actually gut it and start turning it into something. So this is more of a play to Cook County saying, hey, we have other options, even though it kind of looks like we don't, we still do. They could sell that land that they bought at Arlington Heights, probably for a loss, but it's all options. That's the thing. They're just giving themselves options. I do think it's still going to come down to Arlington Heights because just everything else makes all the sense in the world. Naperville doesn't have the space yet, even if they do end up making space. It's not as much as I said. So yeah, I and let me just real quickly about the whole Chicago thing, like you mentioned it, Ryan. So the Bears and the mayor's office, Brandon Johnson, issued a joint statement basically saying, hey, we're going to work together and, you know, be good for the city. There was not one thing about a stadium. There was not one thing about keeping the Bears in Chicago. It was more of a, hey, uh, Lori Lightfoot was kind of a dick to you guys <laughs> while she was on her way out. Let's uh, let's try and repair that relationship. OK. So that's kind of where that stands. I think it's still Arlington Heights or bust, but again, they got options. Yeah. I I think that that was my initial assessment too, but I I do think that that Naperville poses some interesting options for them being so close to, as you said, I 88. Um, I, I, I also think that Arlington Heights, at least the perception amongst people within that area is that, they're kind of jerking the bears around just a little bit with some of the, the, the taxes, the things that they're doing. Yeah. As you put with cook County, uh, there's something with the schools adding an extra tax to it, you know, like, Hey, the bears have deep pockets and so we can just kind of keep taking that something also along the lines of like, they're not letting the bears demolish, uh, the, the old, uh, the old, I'm sorry, the, the race course, the way that they wanted to do it. Like that there's just all these like things that it's, it just, it just seems like, 
Arlington Heights may think this is already a done deal when it may not necessarily be the case. Um, uh, but, but it comes back to Sheldon, to your point, for me at least, is who cares? Get a stadium, get it done, get make it beautiful, and make it you know, a place where maybe there's parking or, you know, <laughs> uh, more than 60,000 seats. I, I just like, let's go, let's do this. Let's, yep. and, and where the field last thing is not an embarrassment. Yeah. I, I want to shout out quickly, uh, Tom Grassi. He's a Packers comedian. He's doing this stadium tour and he came to Chicago and he was bitching the whole time about how much it's, it's awful to get to soldier field. Cause he did an event there. And he's like, this is like getting to this stadium is unreal. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, see, even the Packers fans understand. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it, it's beautiful, but it's it's time. Okay, so boys, uh, this is an awesome episode, and I, I loved having. It was it's great to see you, Shells. It's time to get to shout outs. Um, I think I'm going to give a collective shout out from all of us here at the Bear Down Chicago Podcast to Jack Wright. Um, some of you may have seen some of the things circulating circulating on our social media about uh, a family member of Jack's who recently passed away. Um, and I know that uh, Jack, just so you all are aware, has had a really, 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 really tough year. Um, and so we are collectively sending our love out to Jack. Um, got to speak with him a couple days ago. And, you know, he's doing as well as he can, uh, could be expected under the circumstances. Um, lost his dad earlier this year. Like, he's, he's had a really tough year. So we're sending all the love that we possibly can out to Jack, Jack's family, uh, just... Dude, we miss you. We love you. And, and we hope that you're doing well. For shout outs, let's go Patrick Sheldon, Brennan Chagru, and I will finish it up. Yeah, great call, Ryan. Um, I'll echo that. That was going to be my shout out as well. Uh, Jack, we, we certainly miss you, buddy, and uh, can't wait to get you back on the pod. Um, so my shout out uh, will go to the Lexington County Blowfish. They are a uh, minor league team, uh, collegiate draft team, I think. They play in... Mm, I'm not going to get the name right. It may be like the Coastal Plains League or something. They're an independent team, uh, but they were nice enough to have my son throw out the first pitch the other night. Uh, he had a blast. It was awesome. Uh, they made a big deal out of it, and uh, I know he had a really great time and a great experience. So uh, thank you to the Lexington County Blowfish for making that a really cool moment for my son and for our family. Yeah, I mean, you guys already said it, but obviously Jack is, you know, top of mind and just having such a shitty last 12 months is so unfair for him, especially Jack is like the nicest guy. He doesn't deserve that. So uh, definitely thinking of him and his family. Uh, a couple of shout outs I have uh, first to my buddy, Joey O'Brien. He's at Twitter on Twitter at Joey O723. He's somebody I went to college with. He's one of the few college friends that I have that still has Twitter. All the other ones, most of them got rid of it. So uh, Joey just had some nice words for a piece I wrote recently. So just shout out to him. Hope you're doing well, man, if you're listening to this. And then this is a a two-person shout out to uh, two people we've shouted out on this podcast before. Angie and Allison at HockeyGirl3784 and then at ABQBearsGirl89. Did you guys know they were sisters? What? Am I? Yes. So Where? I'm. Yeah. Yesterday, <laughs> yesterday, I Angie posted a photo. I think of. I think it was uh, her child. Like it was uh, her birthday, and I there was a picture of her and Allison in it, like from years ago. It was like 14 years ago, and I was like, "Wow, you guys like, you guys went back pretty far. You guys have known each other for a long time." She's like, "Yeah, we're sisters," and I'm like, "What?" Wait, like. 
I'm like, sisters, like actual sisters or sisters like, yeah, we've known each other for years. We're friends for a long time. They're like, no, real sisters. And I was like, holy blank. Holy shit. You could say. (laughs) Holy shit. I, I was like, I was shocked. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like. Everything I know is a lie. <laughs> like they're all and believe me, Angie and Allison, two phenomenal Bears followers. They're great Bears fans. Preach. They always go back and forth with each other. I just always thought they were like old friends. They're related. <laughs> so um shout out to them. That was the shot most shocking and funniest thing I learned yesterday. And uh, you know, those two deserve shout outs anyway, because they're they're great, great people, phenomenal follows. But yeah, wow. Had no idea. So I got a couple shout outs to give. The first one is to the Port Adelaide Football Club, my Australian football team. I know you guys are sick of hearing about it. They won 10 in a row. It's amazing. They're they're near the top of the competition. And so uh, shout out to them. The, uh, oof, man, Dangle just had a total brain fart. Um, so I, I'm just. I'm glad you can refer an Australian football team that wins 10 in a row, Ryan. That's very, that's huge. We've never seen that. <laughs> I know. Okay. No, I mean, that's good. Like, hey, you you support a football team that can win 10 games in a row. That's awesome. They're, it's actually, it's it's been pretty impressive. They won a lot of really, really, really close games, and they've been really exciting. And I wish more people would get into it, but I totally understand that, that this is this is me. Um, the, the next one is the Bear Facts Podcast, which is uh, part of our, our family. Uh, they're coming out with a new episode this week, so keep your ears peeled for that one. Uh, Ozzy does great, great work with that, and uh, he's got a really special guest that you guys will recognize. He is awesome and so uh that one's gonna be coming out and it's gonna be really cool and the last one um this is gonna sound really cryptic to all of you but this is one that i just need to to get out there uh a man named tim um so tim uh my thoughts are going to you uh to your family and um may you rest in peace buddy and we're just gonna leave it at that so for all of us here at the bear down chicago podcast want to say thank you so very much for listening folks we know you can get your bears content anywhere. There's so many great Bears podcasts that are out there and you've chosen to hang out with us. It means more than any of us can say. So for Logan Bradley, Jack Wright, Patrick Sheldon, Brennan Chagru, I'm Ryan Dangle, folks. Thank you so much. And as always, Bear Down Chicago. 